Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you to preview week 14 in the NFL, which kicks off in just three hours. I did not go out of my way to get this podcast up ahead of the Thursday night game. It's an absolute stinker this week. I know we've had some bad Thursday night games in the past, but this one just somehow feels worse. We have Bailey Zappi against Mitchell Trubisky, uh, the Steelers and the Patriots. Neither one of those teams had a good quarterback. Now we get the backup from both teams. I will briefly touch on that game, give out a pick, but I don't want to spend too much time on that game. Hence why I waited to record this week's podcast. Week 13 was very good to us, if you tell me. 8-4-1 against the spread. And let's dive right into week 13 with where I got it right. Eight winners to get to this week. Would have been nine uh, if I'd gotten that closing line on the Chargers at five and a half, but we gave out the pick on Thursday, so minus six ended up being a push. Uh, get that ugly game out of the way right away. The Chargers win that game six nothing against the Patriots. The offense is just abysmal in that game. Uh, the Chargers somehow cover that five and a half number, scoring only six points. But as I said, we gave it out at minus six, so we'll take the push there. But I started out on Thursday Night Football with a winner giving out Zach Charbonnet over 45 and a half yards rushing. Now that line went up to 54 and a half yards before kickoff once Ken Walker was officially ruled out. But either way, he goes for 60 yards. So no matter what you got that line at, Zach, uh, Zach Charbonnet gets you a winner there. In that shootout game, the Cowboys win 41 to 35. I gave out the 49ers first half against the Eagles. This is one of my favorite bets of the year. The 49ers win the first half 14 to 6, win the game 42 to 19, and they are the best team in the NFL. I don't think that there's any denying that. If that team stays healthy, it really looks like they're just going to walk to a Super Bowl title. I gave out the Broncos, Texans under 47 and a half. The Texans win this game 22 to 17. And you might have been sweating this a little bit if you got that number at 47 because the Broncos were in scoring position late in that game. Now, if they had scored, they likely would have gone for two and possibly given you a push at 47. But we gave it out at 47 and a half. We were not sweating at all. Uh, the Tank Dell injury for the Texans just really sucks. He was an exciting young player, and their prospects definitely took a hit with that injury. But C.J. Stroud uh, will still find a way, I think, to lead this team to the playoffs. I gave out the Lions-Saints over 46. Uh, the Lions win this game 33-28. to They jump out to an early 21-0 lead in the in the first quarter, thanks to uh, an early Derek Carr interception. And the Lions secondary lets up yet again. This Lions secondary is bad. I know that they've been able to win a couple of these games in a shootout, but come playoff time, I think the Lions are going to be in serious trouble, but they do get the win here, and we get the win with the over 46. I gave out the Rams minus three and a half against the Browns. They end up winning that game 36 to 19, and I have to admit, Joe Flacco looked a lot better than I thought. Uh, kept that game close for most of it, but the Rams end up pulling away, getting us the winner 36 to 19. Rams three and a half, minus three and a half was a winner. I gave out the Colts Titans over 43. The Colts win this game in overtime 31 to 28 in an absolute shootout. Uh, neither one of these defenses playing very well. I thought that that number that over 43 that number was just set way too low and they're being proven right there I gave out the Dolphins team total over 29 and a half they score 45 points against the commanders they went over that 29 and a half before halftime Tyreek Hill is the MVP of the league full stop 
Stop this nonsense with the quarterbacks, Brock Purdy, even my guy Dak Prescott. None of them is as deserving as Tyreek Hill. He's going to end up going over 2,000 yards. He has the narrative. He's been the story of the NFL. He is the most valuable player in the league. I don't care what anybody says. Quarterback doesn't deserve it this year. Give it to Tyreek Hill. I gave out the Falcons Jets under 34. The Falcons win this game 13 to 8. And this is one of the easiest winners of the year. That Jets offense stinks. The defense is really good. They were able to hold the Falcons here to 13 points um, under 34 was pretty much a lock there. That is going to do it for where I got it right. Let's move on to where I got it wrong. Four losers to get to this week. Kind of the polar opposite of what I did last week. Last week, the one o'clock games were atrocious for me, but I got back right uh, winning both primetime games. This week started out eight and two, was started out like a house on fire. My picks were just firing on all cylinders, but we ended up losing both of the primetime games. Cardinal Steelers over 43 was the only loser I gave out on the early games. And I just did not know how bad the weather was going to be in this one. Also didn't count on Kenny Pickett getting hurt. I know Kenny Pickett isn't the best quarterback in the world, but he's worlds better uh, then Mitch Trubisky, hence why we are not that excited about this Thursday night game. But the Cardinals-Steelers over was a loser. I gave out the Panthers-Bucks under 37, and this looked like a lot. The score was 7-3 to at halftime, but both teams uh, putting up points late in this one, pushing that game over. I gave out the Chiefs-Packers under 42.5, and, and if not for a late field goal by the Packers, this under would have hit with ease. But the Packers make that late field goal, push the lead to eight. Patrick Mahomes, uh, you expect him to come down there and and at least get into the end zone, give the Chiefs a chance to tie the game and send it to overtime, but didn't get the pass interference call on Marquez Valdez-Scantling late in that one. A lot of people are also complaining about the Travis Kelsey pass interference in the end zone on on the Hail Mary. Look, there's just different rules on a Hail Mary at the end of the game. That's just the way that it is. Unless it's absolutely egregious, like like the game with the replacement refs and the Seahawks Packers game that we had on Monday Night Football that ended up ending the the uh, replacement ref story that season. Unless it's egregious like that, you just don't have to throw that flag there. Uh, different rules on a hail mary. Sorry. Finally, I gave out Travis at the end over sixty four yards, and the Jaguars just refused to commit to the run in this game. There were long stretches where Travis Etienne was just not on the field. Uh, when he got the ball, it, you know, he he broke off a couple of big carries late in that game when the game went to overtime. I'm thinking, okay, good, here we go. Maybe we'll see the Jags hand off to him here a couple of times. And he was just nowhere to be found. Don't understand what happened there. But Travis Etienne over 64 and a half yards was a loser. That is going to do it for where I got it wrong. We'll take a quick break and move into the week 14 slate. 15 games to get to this week, just two buys, the Commanders and Cardinals on a buy this week. And this is the last week of bye week. So from here on out, we will have a full slate of 16 games every week. So 15 games to get to, and the worst one kicks off in just a couple of hours. The Patriots taking on the Steelers. The Steelers a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 30. That's right, 30. The lowest over-under total uh, since mainstream betting has been a thing. Uh, It's Mitchell Trubisky against Bailey Zappi. I'm not spending too much time on this game. I'm just going to say Zeke Elliott is the last man standing uh, with the Ramondre Stevenson injury there to the Patriots. The Steelers run D, not very good. So I'm giving out Zeke Elliott over 59 and a half yards. I think you could see him get 20 plus carries with the Patriots playing a backup quarterback and 
like I said, Ramondre Stevenson is out for this game. So we're going Zeke Elliott over 59 and a half yards, but we're not going to spend too much time on this game. Let's move on to a much better game, and we're going to jump ahead to the Sunday night game because it is the game of the week, in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion. It is the Philadelphia Eagles taking on my Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, a three and a half point favorite at home, the over-under sitting at 52 when these teams matched up a couple of weeks ago, the total was sitting at 47, and the over was one of my favorite plays. That ends up hitting. In fact, six straight overs have hit in Eagles-Cowboys games, but it seems like the books have caught up here, uh, you know, kind of baking that into the total, sitting at 52, the highest of the week. That's not stopping bettors from pouring in money on the over here. 70% of the public bets are on the over. Uh, that number is just sitting too high for me. You could see a 27 to 24 type of game, and then, you know, it's a high scoring game, and you're still sitting under. The Cowboys are usually a public team, and yet 56% of the public bets are on the Philadelphia Eagles. And yet, the line moved. This line opened at Cowboys minus three. The bets are coming in on the Eagles. We have reverse line movement. The Cowboys now up to three and a half. And that half point might not seem like a big deal, but when you're going from three to three and a half, it takes quite a bit of money to make that move. So it seems like sharp money is on the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys outgained the Eagles in the first matchup. They led at halftime, absolutely dominated the fourth quarter, three red zone trips, however, leading to just six points in that one. Philadelphia won this game in the third quarter. The Cowboys only had one drive. The Eagles put up 14 points. And if you go back to the Eagles' last win, it was kind of the same model. This defense is not very good. Their best defense is keeping their offense on the field. When you go to that second-half comeback against the Bills, they were reliant on a missed field goal and a Josh Allen interception. They only forced one punt in the second half against the Bills. This offense, like I said, keeping the defense off the field is the key for the Eagles. On the other side, the Cowboys, fourth in the league in time of possession, second in third down percentage. I think these teams are pretty even. I think this Cowboys offense is firing on all cylinders. They have a three-day rest advantage after playing on Thursday. Um, Philly got punched in the mouth last week by San Francisco. They have to be reeling off of that one. So I'm going to make the homer play here. Give me my Dallas Cowboys minus three and a half. I think they take care of business. It really seems like the Eagles have the division locked up. I know that the Cowboys and Eagles will be tied for the division lead uh, if the Cowboys are to win this game. But if you look at the remaining schedules, the Eagles have the Giants twice and the Cardinals down the stretch of game uh, against the Seahawks in there, while the Cowboys have to play the likes of the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. So I think the Eagles still win the division, but I think this is a statement game for the Cowboys. I think they come out here and take care of business. So give me the Cowboys minus three and a half here. And with that, we move on to another marquee game between contenders. It is the Bills taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs just a one-and-a-half point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 48-and-a-half. This, of course, a rematch of the 13 seconds game in the divisional round of the playoffs a couple of years ago. But this Chiefs team is vastly different. No more Tyreek Hill. Uh, the Chiefs now much more of a defensive team. The Bills on the other side, that offense is still relatively the same the Chiefs offense, however, has been stuck in the mud the last five weeks, except for that one game against the Raiders, and the Raiders kind of get lit up by everybody. They scored just nine points against Denver, but you can sit here and say, oh, well, Mahomes was sick. Uh, the offense just puts up 14 points against the Dolphins. Remember, they scored 21 in that game, but seven of them were on a pick six, and people could say, oh, well, that game was in Germany. 
uh, you know, maybe there was jet lag or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. They put up 17 points against Philadelphia, and then you could blame the weather there. At some point, you're running out of excuses for this Chiefs offense. At this point, they're just not very good. They only put up 19 points against the Green Bay Packers in the Monday Night Loss last week. They got shut out in the second half of three of these five games. The Bills have a rest advantage coming off of a bye. They are the much more desperate team as well. Uh, And you look at the Chiefs, they closed the season with the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Chargers. So not really as desperate as the Bills to win this game. Like I said, this opened at KC minus three. Uh, Seems like sharp money pouring in on the Bills here. I'm taking the Bills plus one and a half. And with that, we move on to the Jaguars taking on the Browns. The Browns, a three-point favorite at home, the over-under sitting at 30 and a half. Joe Flacco is a three-point favorite on Sunday. Not a statement I expected to make in 2023. And it's obvious why the line moved the way that it did. Uh, This line opened at Jags minus three before the Trevor Lawrence injury on Monday night. I mistakenly said Monday night for that Chiefs-Packers game. That was the Sunday night game. Jags. Bengals was the money that game. That was when Trevor Lawrence went down. So this line moving six points with that injury. But this Jags team still moved the ball with C.J. Beathard. Uh, They had a field goal drive to tie that game with C.J. Beathard. And then they were moving the ball in overtime. Looked like they might be punching that ball in. They had a play get down to the five-yard line, but a holding penalty called that back. They end up punting and losing the game in overtime there. But Beathard was able to move the ball. He knows this offense. So I'm looking at this thing, and the Browns' defense is just not the same. They have injuries on that offensive line. The run game is not as effective. Amari Cooper also out for this game. I know that Trevor Lawrence hides a lot of warts on this Jags offensive line, but the Browns couldn't get to Matt Stafford last week. I think Miles Garrett's a little bit banged up. You might be getting Denzel Ward back, but even if you do, he's still banged up here. So I'm taking the Jags plus three here. You're getting points in a game with a very low total, and I just don't think a team quarterback by Joe Flacco in 2023 should be a three-point favorite against anybody. I think C.J. Beathard is better than people are giving him credit for. Give me the Jags plus three here. And with that, we move on to another pivotal AFC playoff matchup here, or pivotal in the AFC playoff picture, I should say. It is the Bengals taking on the Colts. The Bengals, a one-point underdog at home, the over-under sitting at 41 and a half. And the winner of this game is really in the driver's seat in the AFC wildcard picture. Four of the Bengals' last five games are against backup QBs. Uh, They're playing the Vikings, the Steelers, the Browns, And obviously the Colts here uh, with Gardner Minshew. On the other side, the Colts have the Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, and Texans. So like I said, uh, not really a daunting schedule for either team. The question you have to ask yourself here is, Jake Browning really that guy we saw in that game against Jacksonville? He goes 32 for 37, 354 yards, 9.6 yards per attempt, a rushing touchdown, and a passing touchdown. On the other side, you have Gardner Minshew, kind of a boom or bust quarterback. He boomed against Tennessee last week, 312 yards, two TDs. Like I said, the Jaguars did not establish the run last week against this bad Bengals run D, but I think the Colts will be able to establish the run in this game. This total sitting at 41 and a half, and it's because it's two backup quarterbacks, but I trust both of these backup quarterbacks a lot more than I trust starters across the league. So I'm going to play the over 41 and a half here. I think 
the Colts in particular should be able to move the ball. You know I love Lou Anarumo. I'm always singing his praises on this podcast. But this Cincinnati defense is not the same as they've been in the past. They are 31st in the league at yards per pass attempt and 31st in the league at yards per rush attempt allowed. So this defense, not very good. I think Gardner Minshew and Zach Moss are going to be able to move the ball against this Bengals defense. But I also think Jake Browning is better than people are giving him credit for. So I'm playing the over 41 and a half here. I think you see both offenses able to move the ball with their backup quarterback. That is going to move us on to the Rams taking on the Ravens. The Ravens, a seven-point favorite at home for this on the over-under sitting at 40. And the Ravens' pass defense is one of the best in the league. So you look at this matchup and you think the Rams, a pass-heavy team, might struggle with the Ravens. But since Kyron Williams has been inserting into the starting lineup, this Rams team is one of the best rushing teams in the league. Even playing the Browns last week, they were able to establish to run. The last two weeks, the Rams are allowing the most yards per rush attempt in the league. That sets up the play action for Matt Stafford. On the other side, you had the uh, the Ravens coming off of a bye. And I know the absence of Mark Andrews really hurts this team, but you look at the Rams. They've allowed Jalen Hurts, Josh Dobbs, and AR-15 big games on the ground. I think Lamar Jackson will be able to get off against this Rams defense. Now they're facing Lamar. And this Rams secondary has also been lit up the last couple of weeks. We saw Elijah Moore after Amari Cooper went down. He went for 80 yards last week, catching passes from Joe Flacco. Hollywood Brown, DK Metcalf, DK Lamb, George Pickens, AJ Brown have all absolutely lit up this Rams secondary. So number one receivers do very well against this Rams secondary. So I have a ton of plays for this one. I love the over 40. I think this Rams offense is much better with Kyron Williams. They're much more multifaceted. They're not heavily reliant on the pass. I think they'll be able to move the ball against the Ravens here. But I also like Zay Flowers over 44 and a half. Like I said, number one receivers light up this Rams secondary. So we're playing the over 40 in this game. We're playing Zay Flowers over 44 and a half yards. And this is also where we are going to start the teaser of the week. Teaser of the week. That is right. The teaser of the week did not win last week. Unfortunately, the Jaguars not able to take care of business once Trevor Lawrence went down. Uh, we knew that one was in trouble, but still nine and four on the season, looking to get back on track. We're going to start it here, teasing the Ravens down from minus seven to minus one. Like I said, we're also giving out the over 40 in this game and Zay Flowers over 44 and a half, a parlay that I really like in this game as well. You can get Zay Flowers over 40 receiving yards, and the Ravens to win the game. That plays out at plus 110. So that's a play that I really like this week. And with that, we move on to another pivotal matchup in the AFC playoff picture. It is the Broncos taking on the Chargers. The Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 44. And this is the first of two matchups in four weeks for these teams. Both teams really need a sweep of those two games to have any chance at the playoffs. So the loser of this first matchup is essentially out of the AFC playoff picture. The season-long numbers really say that both of these defenses are bad. Uh, The Broncos ranking 30th in yards per pass attempt allowed, 32nd in yards per carry allowed. The Chargers ranking 28th in yards per pass attempt allowed, 20th in yards per carry allowed. However, on the the last three weeks, uh, the Broncos ranking 13th in yards per attempt allowed. The Chargers ranking 10th. So both defenses playing better as of late. Both offenses playing worse, however. They are tied 10th worst in yards per carry the last three weeks. Uh, the coaching matchup favors Denver here. Obviously, Sean Payton, a much, much better coach uh, than Brandon Staley. But talent favors Los Angeles here. And what I'm focusing in on, this Los Angeles team is third in the league in sacks. Russell Wilson on the other side has taken the fourth most sacks in the league. So what do you trust in this game? 
I trust this Chargers pass rush. I don't trust either quarterback. I think Russell Wilson's numbers are kind of smoking mirrors, kind of a product of Sean Payton. He's kind of making chicken salad out of chicken shit with what he has uh, with, with the tail end of Russell Wilson's career here. And Justin Herbert, I mean, he's just not been playing like the top five quarterback that he's been billed as. But what I do trust is this Chargers pass rush, even without Joey Bosa, I think Khalil Mack's going to be able to get after Russell Wilson. Like I said, the Chargers third in the league in sacks. Russell Wilson takes the fourth most sacks in the league. So I'm taking the Chargers minus two and a half here. And we move back to the NFC with the Seahawks taking on the 49ers. The 49ers, a 10.5 point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 46.5. These teams matched up on Thursday Night Football two weeks ago, Thanksgiving night. The 49ers taking care of business, 31-13. to A big game from Christian McCaffrey in that one. The 49ers defense absolutely destroyed Geno Smith. Six sacks in this one. However, the Seahawks had two red zone trips in the second half of that game that netted just a total of three points. The offense looked much better against Dallas last week as well. We already know this 49ers offense is going to put up points, 29.3 points per game on the season. This 49ers team is definitely the hype team coming in. I know we haven't talked about the hype team as much as we talked about it earlier on in the season, but this is a kind of a letdown spot after that big win against the Eagles. You knew they were going to get up for that game, wanting revenge for the NFC Championship game last year when Brock Purdy was knocked out. So this is kind of a letdown spot for the 49ers, so I'm not really too keen on laying the 10 and a half here, but I still trust this offense to move the ball against the Seahawks, and I think the Seahawks are in desperation mode. I think we see them get kind of follow that game plan that they had against the Cowboys where they were really able to move the ball. So I'm playing the over 46 and a half here. I would like to play the 49ers minus a 10 and a half. Uh, I could maybe see a tease on the, on the 49ers if you wanted to get exotic and play, you know, one of those 10 point teases and get this down uh, to 49ers minus a half point. But I just can't lay that many points. There's too much potential for a desperate Seahawks team uh, to get a backdoor cover. I'm just going to trust both offenses here over 46 and a half is my play for this. And with that, we move on to a pivotal matchup in the pitiful NFC South. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are one and a half point favorite at home here. The over-under sitting at 39. The Falcons won the first matchup all the way back in week 7, 16 to 13. In fact, Atlanta has not lost a divisional game this year, a 3-0 in divisional game. So a win here will push them to 4-0 and and really give them a stranglehold in the division. Now you look at that final score and you think, oh, 16-13. Uh, that you know that's an under game and it was a closer game it could have gone either way but when you zoom out a little bit Desmond Ritter lost three fumbles in that first game two of them were at the one yard line and all three were inside of the 10 yard line also consider that Bijan Robinson missed most of that game with an injury there were 730 total yards in that game so the 29 total points really not indicative of how that game was played. Bucks games have been playing to the under, but they've gone over in two straight weeks. So I'm taking the over 39. I think both offenses are going to be able to move the ball. I also like the Falcons minus one here. So double play for this one over 39 Falcons minus one and a half here. And with that, we move on to the Lions taking on the Bears. The Bears, a three and a half point underdog at home. The over under sitting at 43 and a half. And this Chicago Bears defense, I think, is the most underrated unit in the league. Uh, they've really outplayed their opponent in four straight weeks. They got wins against the Vikings and Panthers. They blew a lead against these Lions a couple of weeks ago in the last four minutes of the game. Then they had five turnovers in a game against the Saints that they only lost by seven points. And like I've said, I think this Lions defense has really been exposed. They're allowing 30 points per game in their last four. And outside of the first seven minutes against the Saints and the last four, 
against the Bears, this offense has been pretty stagnant. In fact, it was only a garbage time touchdown against the Packers that really made that game on Thanksgiving uh, look close. So I'm taking the Bears plus three and a half here. I think the cold wet Chicago weather could really affect Jared Goff. And uh, Bears plus three and a half, actually one of my favorite plays. I've, I've had this game circled ever since that first matchup. Yes, I know the Lions got that comeback win, but that's not something that you can count on. This Bears team is playing really well. Getting the field goal plus the hook here, give me that all day. Bears plus three and a half is my play here. And that is going to move us on to a couple of less desirable matchups, starting with the Texans taking on the Jets. The Jets, a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 33. This game marks the return of Zach Wilson and sets up a matchup between arguably the best number two pick of the last decade in C.J. Stroud against the worst number two pick of the last decade in Zach Wilson. And this is really kind of a strength-on-strength, weakness-on-weakness matchup. The Jets' pass defense allows the second-fewest yards per attempt in the league, the third-fewest yards per game. On the other side, this Texans team heavily reliant on the pass, uh, first in the league in yards per game, passing third in yards per attempt. They do not run the ball well, 24th in rushing, 29th in yards rushing per game. On the other side, this Jets offense, the 30th-ranked passing team in the league, going up against the Texans' 29th-ranked pass defense. The Jets do run the ball well, 11th in the league in yards per carry, but this Texans run D, sneaky stifling, just allowing the, the third-fewest yards per carry in the league. So both offenses kind of... Meeting their match here, this Texans high-powered passing offense going up against this this highly-ranked Jets passing defense. This Jets team that's reliant on the run going up against a Texans team who stops the run very well. So, but that's kind of baked into the over-under. That's why you see this sitting at 33. So I'm going to kind of pivot here, hold my nose. I'm taking the Jets plus 3.5. I expect this game to be low scoring, but with the total sitting at 33, everything I just said is is baked into that number. That's why that total is sitting so low. But when you're getting a field goal plus in a game with the total sitting this low, I think that there's some value there. It's also the sharp side. Most of the public bets here are on the Texans. I'm also kind of worried about this Texans offense with the absence of Tank Dell. Uh, they're pretty reliant on his explosive plays, and those uh, unfortunately will not be happening any anymore. His exciting rookie season, unfortunately, coming to an end uh, with that fractured leg. So give me the Jets plus three and a half here. I know it doesn't feel good. Uh, sometimes you just got to hold your nose uh, and make plays like this. Jets plus three and a half here. Wrapping things up here with the least desirable game on the Sunday slate, the Panthers taking on the Saints. The Saints were a five and a half point favorite uh, when I did my research for this episode. They are now down to a five point favorite and that is concerning because I like the Saints and I think 75% of the public bets are on the Saints. So we have reverse line movement in this game. So that is scaring me off of playing the Saints here. The over-under sitting at 37 and a half. The Saints won the first matchup 20 to 17 in week two. A Panthers garbage time touchdown and two-point conversion in that one. So the Saints were up 20 to 9 late. The Panthers get a late touchdown, get a backdoor push in that game. Also remember there was no Alvin Kamara in that game. Taysom Hill, however, had nine carries for 75 yards in that game. He's had over seven carries in four of his last five games. I think the Saints are finally realizing, hey, good things happen uh, when we snap the ball to this guy. So uh, hopefully you see a uptick in Taysom Hill in this game. Uh, the Saints forced the second most interceptions in the league. I think that could lead to some points from this offense. But why is this line moving the other way? The only thing that I can come up with is the fact that the Panthers have a new coach. And for whatever reason, the first game under a new coach, 
NFL teams seem to get up. We even saw Jeff Saturday, uh, arguably one of the worst coaches to ever get a job in the NFL. All respect to Jeff Saturday, great analyst. He should have never gotten that job with the Colts. Even he was able to get a win in his first game. You can go to Antonio Pierce. He was able to get a win in his first game just this season. So that is really scaring me off of taking the Saints here. So I'm going to take the over 37 and a half. I think you see the Saints offense get it moving. They're going to put up more than the 20 points that they did uh, in the game against the Panthers. Number one, that game was outdoors on the road. And you had no Alvin Kamara. You put this game indoors, you get Alvin Kamara back, you get more of a heavy dose of Taysom Hill. I think the Saints put up points. I think the Panthers put up points rejuvenated under their new coach. Give me the over 37 and a half here. Wrapping things up with Monday night, and for some reason we have two Monday night games this week. Have no idea why. You see this early on in the season. I don't remember any other year where we had two Monday night games this late in the season. Don't know what's going on with the NFL schedule makers, but we have two teams fighting for the playoffs and two teams looking forward to next season with the Titans taking on the Dolphins. The Dolphins are 13.5 point favorite at home, the over-under sitting at 46. We have the Packers taking on the Giants in New York, or should I say in New Jersey, the Giants a 6.5 point underdog, the over-under sitting at 36. Like I said, only two of these teams want to win, the Packers and the Dolphins right in the middle of their respective playoff races. So we're going to parlay these two games together. We're going to buy some points here. We're going to buy the Packers down to minus two and a half, buy the Dolphins down to minus six and a half. That pays out at minus 105 on DraftKings. That's one of my favorite plays of the week. Love this Monday night parlay. Don't really want to watch both of these games, potential blowouts. So just parlay them together. Maybe go to bed early on Monday night and wake up to some money uh, in your betting account. That is going to do it though for my picks but before we wrap up the podcast we have some listener submitted picks this is a segment that i'm going to be adding to the end of every episode for the rest of the season starting with contributors to the show jordan and kyle you may remember they came on for the season win totals draft at the beginning of the season jordan likes the eagles cowboys over 52 like i said when we discussed that game Six straight Eagles-Cowboys games have gone over the total, so a solid play there. Kyle likes Justin Fields over 61 and a half rushing yards. He says to get that bet in now. It's already moved two full yards this week and is climbing. So if you like that play, get it in now before that line gets too high. Justin Fields over 61 and a half yards. My friend Jesse likes Tennessee-Miami over 46 and a half. He also likes the Dolphins minus 13 in that game. Never a bad play to side yourself with that high-powered Dolphins offense, and the real MVP of the league in Tyreek Hill. My friend Zay likes the Bengals over the Colts, and this should be a really solid play, particularly if Jake Browning looks anything like he did on Monday night against the Jaguars. My friend Colt likes the Jags-Browns over 32 and a half. He says this total sitting too low, even with the injuries at the QB position. And I like this play too, because like I said, when we discussed this game, I don't think this Browns defense is the same defense that started the season. Also with backup quarterbacks, you could see turnovers, which lends itself two points. Finally, my dad submitted two picks and he has been on an absolute heater as of late. So I will personally be tailing these plays as well. He likes the Packers minus six and a half against the Giants and the Ravens minus seven against the Rams. But that is going to do it for the listener submitted picks. And just to recap my picks, I like Zeke Elliott over 59 and a half yards against the Steelers tonight. I like the Jaguars plus three against the Browns, the Colts Bengals over 41 and a half. 
a lot of plays for this Rams-Ravens game. I like the over 40. I like Zay Flowers over 44 and a half yards. Also starting the teaser of the week there, teasing the Ravens down to minus one. I like the Cowboys minus three and a half against the Eagles. The Bills plus one and a half against the Chiefs. The Chargers minus two and a half against the Broncos. The over 46 and a half in Seahawks 49ers. I like the over 39 in Bucks Falcons. I also like the Falcons minus one and a half in that game. The Bears plus three and a half against the Lions. The Jets plus three and a half against the Texans. The over 37 and a half in Panthers Saints. And on Monday night, we are parlaying the Packers and Dolphins alternate alternate lines there. So we're parlaying the Packers minus two and a half and the Dolphins minus six and a half. That parlay pays out at minus 105. The second half of the teaser of the week, which I didn't mention uh, in the podcast, the second half of the teaser of the week, we're teasing the Packers to minus a half point against the Giants. So the teaser of the week this week, we are teasing the Ravens to minus one and the Packers to minus a half against the Giants. That is going to do it for my picks and the podcast. Thank you for listening and I'll see you guys next week. 